0: To be back out in the world again. I haven't half missed normality all these months. I'm over the moon now that this Freedom Day is finally here. Get in! Being a single lady, I've been absolutely gagging to properly mingle again. I did have a few Zoom dates over the lockdown mind, and don't get me wrong, generally speaking, I'd say that I enjoyed them. Most of them. One or two of them were a bit strange and dull. There were plenty of dull ones. I seemed to attract no end of dull blokes. One of these fellas had a passion for Victorian farm machinery. He could tell me everything about Victorian farm machinery, and he did, in vivid detail, for almost three hours He was like an encyclopedia of boring shite. Obviously not my cup of tea at all. Shame, really, because he was quite good-looking. From an angle, if I squinted. If I didn't, he was a bit Jeremy Clarkson. Suffice it to say, I spent the old of that Zoom date with me eyelids almost touching. And there was this other fella called Terry who collected dead moths. He said he had over 3,000 of them and that he kept them all in a cabinet in his spare bedroom. I said, now that is interesting, is that, Terry? But it wasn't. It was actually very dull and borderline creepy. I wasn't going to say that to him, though. He was obviously very impassioned about his moths. I told him that I had a few dead ones on my bathroom sill if he fancied some more for his collection. But he said they'd be more your common clothes moths, and he only collected exotic varieties. I said, ah, best that we leave it then. And that was pretty much the end of that conversation. I couldn't see things progressing with Terry, really. I mean, aside from him being dull and creepy... I can't stand moths. In fact, just thinking of them all in his spare room cabinet actually makes me itch and gag and want to run away. Bloody horrible things they are. flapping about your head like bats. I once had some in my wardrobe and they decimated three cardigans, a maxi dress and a blouse. Greedy bastards. But yes... I met a whole variety of fellas on my Zoom dates. Dullards, criminals, racists, kinky perverts. You name it, I dated them. Remotely, thankfully. I had one date with a very forward fella who wanted to do saucy things over the webcam. I said, I'm not that kind of girl, thank you very much. Put your trousers back on! He called me a tease. So I said, I can't help being attractive, can I? I mean, I admit it. I do arouse the sexuality of most fellows who see me, and any who hear me come to think of it. I once worked as a receptionist, and I was told by more than one caller that I've got a very seductive, do-me voice. To be honest, I think I'm generally just a very alluring lady. I can't help it, the way God made me, in it. But as much as I enjoyed my Zoom dates, I have to admit they weren't a patch on the real thing. There's nothing like a proper date, in my opinion. I just love the whole thing. The awkwardness, the churny guts, that slight sickly feeling you get, and all the vomiting and the diarrhoea, usually before the date but sometimes, unfortunately, during. I always keep emodium and spare knickers in my handbag just in case. But anyway, I've got some exciting news, because I think I may actually have met someone. He's called Phil, and you know what? He's lovely. We did initially have a Zoom date a few months back, and it went quite well, only we had to cut it short because he needed to nip off to bath his mother. I did try and arrange a follow-up date, but the timing just wasn't right, unfortunately. Anyway, I bumped into Phil in Asda a few weeks ago. He was with his mum. In fact, I noticed her first. She was having an altercation with a girl on the meat counter about Tongue. I've never been able to eat it myself, but Phil's mother apparently loves it because there she was, tearing a strip off the poor meat-counter girl, cos she thought she'd been diddled out of a slice. So, with his mother effing and jeffing at the meat-counter, Phil spots me, and we get to talking-like, having a proper good old chat we was. Then before we knew it, we'd arranged a date for later in the week. An actual date. Me first in over eighteen months. Get in! Do you know what? I was proper nervous getting ready for that date I was. I was popping emodium all afternoon. I couldn't go at all for days afterwards, but it was worth it. And a bit of constipation never bothered me. It took me ages to get ready for that date and all. I wanted to look nice for Phil, so I got me mate Trudy Lou to do me hair and makeup. She stuck me in false lashes and a massive weave... I looked shit hot, even if I do say so myself. And I dug my cleavage enhancers out. Trudy Lou said fellas like it when you make the effort with your bosoms. She should know, hers are always immaculate, being a lap dancer. The date was lovely. We dined at La Veronica on Market Street, which is dead posh. You know when you're in a fancy restaurant, when they overcharge and under So I was out of pocket and even hungrier when we left than when we arrived. But we had such a good time. And do you know what? Phil is so easy to talk to. It felt like we'd known each other for years. We laughed, we drank, we flirted. It was great. And just as we were waiting for pudding, Phil leans in and he says to me, I haven't half enjoyed myself tonight, Karen. You're a cracking lass. Well, my heart leapt when he said this. These are the words any girl wants to hear on a first date with a fella she fancies. Me too, I said. I've enjoyed myself no end. We gave each other a coy little smile at this point. I felt dead warm and fuzzy inside like. It was magic. And then... I seized the opportunity to put a little suggestion to him, something I'd been thinking about all night. So I said, You know what might be nice for our next date, Phil? What's that? he said, intrigued. And so I said, For next time, how about you don't bring your mother? She was in the lav at this point, making room for dessert so I felt I could be a bit more open with him. Phil said he appreciated it was a bit awkward having his mother there, but he said she's a bit fussy and wanted to make sure he was OK. Apparently she'd read that sex trafficking is on the rise in Dudley, and she couldn't bear the idea of her little lamb being abducted, sold overseas, and made to perform perverse sexual acts on the super-rich. I assured him that this wasn't my intention at all. He believed me, I think, and he said he'd try and dissuade his mother from tagging along on our next date. Unfortunately, she did turn up on the next date, and the next one as well. But to be honest, I'd got more used to her by that point, so she didn't bother me too much. I mean, don't get me wrong, she's a nasty belligerent old woman and very hostile. A thoroughly vile human being altogether, actually. But her presence hasn't interfered too much with our dates, so we just try and pretend she isn't there. She does chuck me a few evils from time to time and hisses at me and gobs into me food, but Phil said that probably just means she's warming to me a bit. So anyway, things have progressed. And me and Phil are now ready to take our relationship to the next stage. Sex. We want it to be romantic when we, you know, do mucky stuff to each other. So we've booked a weekend away in Rill. Which is nice. And we've got a really good deal on the hotel room and all. We used Phil's mum's pensioner discount to get it. Unfortunately, It means that she'll have to come with us, which is a bit of a pain. And she wouldn't sleep in her own room either. So she'll be kipping down in hours on a pull-out bed. But Phil says it won't interfere too much with our plans. Apparently she's a very heavy sleeper and also quite deaf. So once she's taken her hearing aid out and dozed off, then it's come up and see me sometime. But it is exciting. I can't wait, me. All that pent-up passion ready to be unleashed. And in real, of all places. Course, there is the possibility that Phil's mother's insomnia might strike up while we're there. Apparently, she gets that way whenever she stays anywhere strange. But I've got a trick up my sleeve if this does happen. I'm thinking... A couple of emodium in her rum and black will keep her occupied for a bit. She likes being regular, you see. And Phil says she never leaves the bathroom till she's done her business, no matter how long it takes. Well, love, if you don't play ball, then you could be in for a very long wait. I've waited an interminable 18 months for a bloody good roll in the hay and nothing is gonna get in my way! Life's a Gas was written by Ben Ellis and performed by Sarah Starling Like, share, subscribe and leave us a review. Why not? Thanks for listening.